Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 69, Richard Massey, running for City Councilor in Ward 1, recorded on September 8, 2018. Richard Massey, you're running for city councilor in Ward 1. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you. Firstly, tell us, who is Richard Massey? Richard Massey is a concerned citizen. I live on the boundary of Ward 1. I have personally experienced changes happening in Hamilton. We live right next to Columbia College on Sanatorium Road, so I'm familiar with nuisances, noise, vandalism. Right across from us is the proposed development of condos. It's called the largest and possibly the most ambitious development on the West Mountain. And I also live beside the closed hospital, uh, similar to what will be happening in the future with McMaster. For these various reasons, I have gotten involved into politics. I believe I can represent the people of Ward 1 because I understand and appreciate the issues. Why are you running? I'm running because it matters. The city of Hamilton affects your daily life, whether it's transit, housing, public safety, the water you drink, or the recycling in your blue bin. Our local government has a lot of money and influence to decide what our community's priorities are and how it will be run. As I said earlier, I've been personally affected by the development, and like so many people in the community, I felt disheartened and cynical and left out of the process. Instead of complaining, I've chosen to do something about it and run for councillor to serve the community, to push for changes for the common good, especially for those in our community who don't have a voice. A quick note for listeners that are listening, we are recording this in the Dundas branch of the Hamilton Public Library on a Saturday, so some of the background noises are out in the branch outside of the makerspace. Just a note for listeners on that. Next question. Do you live in Ward 1, yes or no? No doesn't matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent. It shouldn't matter as long as you have personal or business connections to the community. I asked the outgoing councillor, Aidan Johnson, when I started this process, and he agreed. Previous councillors, Morelli, Farah, Pasuda, they've lived outside their ward. My wife walks to work to McMaster. Our children play at Churchill Downs. We've had a garden in the Avery. I fish coot and I hike and bike the trails. But more importantly, I believe that I can relate to the citizens of Ward 1 because I face similar issues. How have you contributed to your community and our city? I have volunteered in communities where I live and work for the past 14 years. Locally, I attend and participate in city meetings for safety and development concerns, and I currently uh, volunteer coach soccer. Citywide, I recently stood up to Canada Post as reported in the Canadian press and the national media over the installation of the community mailboxes when the Crown Corporation failed to consult Hamilton citizens in terms of meaningful consultation and did not respect the municipal regulations. What are your two priorities for Ward 1 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? For Ward 1, it would be economic development. Small business is the catalyst for revitalizing our neighborhoods and building wealth. I want to identify those high-growth businesses and support the young high achievers with opportunities to to work and to raise incomes and move our economy forward. At the same time, I want to support the existing community services 
that are in a constant precarious position due to the concentration of poverty, addiction, and mental illness. The second point would be to enhance, protect, and maintain clean green spaces for everyone. Ward 1's parks, forests, and wetlands reduce air and, and water pollution. They provide wildlife habitat, and they benefit everyone in the neighborhood with a place for physical activity to reduce stress and also for the community to interact. And your two citywide priorities are? It would be infrastructure and housing. Ward 1's economy relies on the water, electrical, the facilities, the safety services, and the transit network connections. We need to build affordable housing for growing families, for the first-time homeowners, renters, our seniors, and our immigrant newcomers. A well-located dwelling can save significant household travel costs and also improve your overall family economics. The money can then be reinvested into our schools, our businesses, and our jobs, in turn building a healthier neighborhood. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on City Council? I have proven skills in leadership, especially in retail business operations, and also labor management experience in the private sector and in unionized workplaces. I have skills in finance, budgeting, and communication priorities. I have a paramedic diploma and a Bachelor of Commerce in Economics. And so I'll bring these skills to work with Hamilton City Council to get things done. Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development, and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? Well, everyone seems to agree that we need more housing. The growth forecast for Hamilton's population after 2030 is 680,000, potentially to 780,000 by 2040. Where development takes place, I would respond by representing my constituents. It should respect the character of the community, and most certainly it should benefit the community, according to the Places to Grow Act, which is provincial law. The decision for mid-density growth in Ward 1 should be made after a comprehensive municipal review based on the updated technical studies in the Grid 2. I want to see the information, along with the public meetings, regarding residential intensification, housing and employment so that we have a proper land needs assessment and then we can evaluate our growth options in Kirkendale, Ainsley Woods, Strathcona, Westdale and the wider Shadok Coots area. Town and gown tensions, a phrase coined by academics, are nearly as old as universities themselves. In one of the most famous examples, a three-day riot in Oxford resulted in 62 students and nearly as many townspeople dead in the year 1355. The Scholastica's Day riot broke out after a dispute about beer in a local tavern. Luckily, town and gown conflicts today are much tamer and involve much more substantive issues. As the Ward 1 councillor, you will be responsible for representing both town and gown. 
how will you effectively represent both and successfully mediate to create solutions which balance both interests? As a Ward 1 counselor, I would want to be an impartial representative. Emotions can run high. I attended the University Town Hall meeting this week regarding the proposed Main Street and Traymore student residence building. No one debated the need again for housing, but certain actions by the university and the developer, and transparency in general, were promised but quickly were lost in the process. This is how the community feels in this process. They feel left out. Although there have been public meetings, the community feels their input really doesn't matter, and so what we need is for all sides to show respect. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? More community support for mental health. People tend to do well in the inpatient programs, and as soon as they're discharged, they're competing again for help against thousands of people, and the resources are great, but we're not able to handle the volume. I also think we should help new immigrants to integrate with our city. For example, having more resources available for helping them access city services when they go to hospitals, schools, and workplaces. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? I would encourage more general interest programs for adults and teens. Right now we have a lot for the children. And also one of my election platforms to enhance, protect, and maintain clean green spaces for everyone. Studies have shown that it reduces stress and there's tremendous health benefits from having green space. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates, such as the top three, they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? I support ranked balloting. It's uh, easy to understand. Voters choose a first, second, and subsequent choices. If nobody wins 50%, the second choices are counted until there's a majority. I think it would be easy to implement it, and it also reduces the need for strategic voting. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? I've given that one a lot of thought. I will improve civic governance and engagement by providing practical solutions to common problems that we share. I will cultivate ideas from my constituents in the ward and offer up my own new ideas about how to accomplish our common purposes. And I will energetically encourage and persuade others to take action on these. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager? And what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? According to the strategic plan, the city manager is tasked with providing high-quality, cost-conscious public services that contribute to a healthy, safe, and prosperous community in a sustainable manner. It sounds good, but it's also rather general. I would seek someone who has significant management, local government experience, including unionized workplaces. I'm looking for a manager with a development building background to suit the needs of what's happening in Hamilton, someone with expertise in design guidelines and zone bylaws, and also someone who's going to respect taxpayers' dollars. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? My educational background is economics. So basically, human wants are unlimited, but the means to achieve them are limited. In terms of city governance, it means working with others based on the notion of common goods, fairness, allocation, and priorities. And for Hamilton, it's population growth and the resulting social and the environmental conflict from that growth you need to be practical and compromise by finding common ground. It's 2022. 
the public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council? And what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? For myself, I would hope the words would be respect, integrity, and resolve. And for council as a whole, again, respect and integrity, and I would add diplomacy. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks that you wish to share? Yes, I want to thank the public record by contributing to the public good by acting independently in pursuit of information for the voters and showing practical wisdom as a gatekeeper in terms of how stories are framed, uh, the fact-checking and the balancing the demand with trying to be first with the news and also professional journalism demands to be right with the information. Thank you. I wish to thank the Dundas branch of the Hamilton Public Library, which provided the makerspace where we recorded this studio today. I encourage listeners, it's really neat to be in a library on a Saturday to see all the families coming through. The candidate is looking towards me in a blank wall behind me, but I can see the candidate and the kids that are running by in their excitement as they find a book with their favorite character. I encourage Hamiltonians, check out the library, visit the library website, find out more about their makerspaces. Thank you again to the Hamilton Library for making this possible. This has been episode 69 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.